0: Why hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to
1: rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go, episode 113 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify... Welcome, welcome in. The guys are back for another week. Max and super producer hanging out in the land. I am in Central Jersey. It is a real thing for the haters out there. Gentlemen, how are we doing?
0: Honestly, Pete, better now that I get to see you, now that I get to talk fantasy football with you, maybe make a trade. Who knows? Uh looking forward to it.
1: He seems a little excited to be here. Hey man, who who wouldn't be excited to be here? That's my question. Who better than us, right, Max? I'm on a beautiful up, Tuesday night, you're you're jacked up. So, producer, are you jacked up? I'd be jacked up if I was a Broncos player right now after they just sauced on the Bills last night.
2: I am as well. Yeah, I mean, not because of the Broncos, but because the Browns are—they uh, won a game. They won a big game. So I'm—I've been pretty happy the past couple of days. I think this is
1: the biggest win for Cleveland sports since the Steelers playoff game. 100%. Yeah, or the
2: regular season game before that as well to beat the no, Steelers. No, I think this this is
1: a bigger game. Oh, to beat the Steelers. Yeah, this is a bigger game than the Niner game. This is a bigger win,
0: 100%. Monkeys so off the back. It's in Baltimore. They show that they could score 30 plus points. Like they look good. You guys are, you know, it's going
1: to be a slog to the end. A lot of people talk about division races as like horse races, you know, front position, back position. He's coming up the side. The AFC North. It is not a horse race. That is like a sumo wrestle, like curb stomping competition. It is going to be a bloodbath down the stretch the rest of the way. Going from an AFC North team to an NFC North team. Breaking news this afternoon. Jamison Williams, when he gets a McDonald's burger, likes to put his Oreo uh, blizzard on it as a as a sauce. Like a topping. A topping. The McFlurry. Yeah. What did I say? A blizzard? Yeah, an Oreo McFlurry. On the burger, don't knock it till you try it, but what's the one weird thing that you guys do with food that everyone out there is like, oh, that's whack, that's gross, but you stand by it to the end of time?
2: I got mine right off the bat. I'm a big pierogi guy. I love pierogies, and I like to put
0: ketchup on the pierogies. That's kind of nasty. Not going to lie. That's what everybody tells think, me. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, it's just like ketchup putting on fries. I feel like it's the same thing as like that. So well, that's like,
1: do you put ketchup on your uh, like mashed potatoes? No, that's kind of like what it's
0: like. But fries are also mashed potatoes.
1: Yeah, but they're like crispy mashed potatoes. I don't know. I think it's interesting. At what point does it go from potato
2: to fried potato? I do like to the have moment. the pierogies, like, extra crispy as well, so you get that crunch in there with, like...
1: Okay, some... so so then I think, Nixie, you might get a pass on this one. Max, what's your one
0: weird food thing? Honestly, I really like, like, tuna fish sandwiches from, like, gas stations. Like You do? Su- super weird, but, like, I think it's good tuna. I know it's, like, fake and probably on a... I don't even want to think about it, but I think it's really good. Like, tuna fish is really good from, like, a wall. Or like a BP or
1: whatever. Wawa Sheets, Bucky's. If you're down south, like I remember in college, it would be like one o'clock in the morning. We'd all go to Wawa, and Max would walk out with a warm chocolate chip cookie and a disgusting gas station tuna sandwich. And it made me want to throw
0: up every time. It it was good. And I I just want to say before we move on to yours, Peter, I think Jamison Williams is a freak and he needs to be cut in every league. I don't care if it's Dynasty. Like this guy is terrible. I've seen
1: him. I we can talk about Jameson later in the episode because I think he it, it's starting to get to the point where we need to have the conversation. I'm still in on him, but we'll talk about it later. He is a freak for this move, though. My move in particular, uh, don't call me Will Levis, but I do really enjoy mayonnaise. Like, I can take french fries and dip them in mayonnaise. Like, I know some people out there are like, Ew, mayo, anything with mayo has like, like cooties all over it look i'm not gonna put it in my coffee like some people in the league i'm not gonna put a mcflurry on my burger but i am a little bit a little bit wacky with uh with the mayonnaise from time to time
2: i can rock with the mayo i feel like that's not that's not out of left field i mean i get like you're saying some people don't like it but some people that's like the
1: biggest ick in the world I, i don't get it just don't get it All right, let's get into the episode, guys. Before we get into it, wanted to shout out our Twitter at DynastyMonarchy over there on Twitter. Follow us. Super Producer puts out a couple polls a week, a couple Dynasty trade value polls, some memes, XYZ. Follow us on Twitter at DynastyMonarchy over there. It's definitely a fun time. Super Producer keeps it light, but when it's time to get serious, he gets serious. Talking point of the show, it was a talking point on our Twitter. If you go over there, we're talking about Kyle Pitts, gentlemen. It's time for our Kyle Pitts check. This is we you know we're halfway through the season. This is year one, two, three for Mr. Pitts. Super producer and Max have widely different values on him. Let's not talk rebuilder. Let's not talk contender. Let's talk in a vacuum, dynasty value for Mr. Kyle Pitts because I think it needs to get addressed.
0: I think we have different values, but I think we share a lot of the same beliefs. I think we both, and I don't want to speak for you, Mister Steve, but I think that we both think Arthur Smith's a terrible coach. Um, that the offense is terrible. That Desmond Ritter, Tyler Taylor Heineke, whoever it is, it's just it's just not a good system. And until he gets out of Atlanta, he will not be successful. But I'm not like. He's 22, 23 years old at a tight end position, was drafted top five overall, basically plays like a wide receiver at the tight end position. I will gladly wait the next five years for him. Truthfully, I'm not, you can't sell right now. You just can't because you'll, you'll get offered like two seconds or something like that. If you could buy Kyle Pitts for anything less than a first, please go do it even if you can buy him for a first I would still pay that right now I truly would I think when he hits if he gets traded if they get a new coach if they get a quarterback whatever it is I get it. it's a lot of ifs and buts and candy nuts but I truly believe that this guy's a generational talent and you put him in the right system and he'll just be an amazing player
2: yeah I mean I'm with you I share the feelings that obviously he's a generational talent but it's kind of – I mean, we were having the conversation in our group chat about it, and for me, there's no there's no dynasty league where you can look at a window and say, okay, I'm going to be a five-year rebuilder and be waiting for Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's not what you said. I'm kind of putting words in your mouth there, but – I was just saying I would f- wait five years. But for Pitts, there's no shot I would wait five years. Like, at this rate, uh, like, I have him only in one league – I sold in a in a handful of leagues, but the problem with him is the people who have him think he's tight end too. Right. And I was I was almost in, I mean, I wasn't on that train at the start of the season. But I there's just so much that has developed going into the mid season now where you see all these guys like McBride, Kincaid, Laporta. I mean, Andrews is still there. You could argue with Kelsey just because of his age, but there's so many other guys where it's it's very tough, honestly, to have Pitts at tight end, too, I feel like, at this rate, because you know he's probably not going to produce for the next two years at minimum. And, like, they already came out and said Arthur Smith is going to be the head coach for next year, barring something crazy happening. So next year he's probably going to be cooked. And even if he gets a quarterback, let's say he gets, like, a, a really nice rookie quarterback he'll probably get hype again but I doubt he's going to produce next season I mean it's Arthur Smith and then after that I I'll buy back in once it's a sure thing I feel like PJ where I, where I, do you think about this
1: I, I think if I was a Kyle Pitts owner and I'm trying to buy low and win games I would go nuts seeing John o. Smith run down the sidelines for like 80 yard runs and That's not going to change. Arthur Smith realizes that, uh, and I think this is just his philosophy, he does not care who you are, what you are doing, X, Y, Z. He's going to put the ball in his favorite player's hands, and unlike Jim Harbaugh, his favorite players are not his best players. So Tyler Algier is going to get banged up all the way down and – so will John Smith and Cordero Patterson will start playing tight end and take away from take away from Kyle Pitts. It's, it's a sad day, uh, but if you're not trying to win games,
0: he's a great asset to hold, right, Max? I, I don't want to make a comment on that because I'm trying to win games. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just – I think he's a great buy low. I really do. Um, he's always – he's been a buy low for two years now. He's just – like I, I know when he hits, he's going to be worth like – insane amount so it's like i can't sell you just can't sell him you can't i think i got Hawkinson over him we could all agree on that one prob okay i'm i'm gonna leave Kelsey out of this i think andrews is probably over him right now yeah um but here I like here's where it gets in like i don't have george kittle over him
1: no i have laporta over him right now okay,
0: which is crazy the- to say I can maybe see it. And a world
1: Trey guy. McBride and him are a lot closer. They're getting closer and closer every week. Kincaid's nice with it. I think Kincaid and McBride are probably fair value for each other right now. So just a
2: little bit under pits. Yeah. I mean, I, I draw the line. Like, I feel like I have Kincaid over Pitts, And then once it gets to McBride, that's where I would take Pitts over McBride right now. But who knows end of season, if McBride just keeps playing like he is, I mean, you, you almost have to have him over pits, I feel like. I think Brock Bowers is tight end one. Yeah. And then you, yeah, you didn't even bring up Bowers. Yeah. I mean, he, Bowers is probably over Pitts just for the mystery box factor, right?
1: Yeah. 100%.
0: Marvin Harrison's over Garrett Wilson.
2: Probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right around fair value. Probably given More contract and everything. Fair. All right. Let's get into reports from around the realm. All right. First and foremost, uh, Jalen Warren is going to be the starting running back against the Browns over Najee Harris. Uh, I mentioned this in our group chat the other day. Uh, Former number one dynasty running backs have had a really rough go about the last X amount of years. Clyde, Najee Harris, Brees was the number one dynasty running back, then tears JT. Dynasty running back, number one, tears, holdout, injuries. This just goes to perpetuate the narrative we've been talking about. If you're rebuilding, you have no business owning a good running back, even if that running back is young. There is so much risk associated with young running backs and their values fluctuate. They're worse than the crypto market. They are not stocks well, they will, where they will go up a little bit or down a little bit like wide receivers for the most part. They are crypto roller coasters that are going to go up, down, left, sideways, and in circles. Gentlemen, your thoughts on Najee Harris. I think at this point, we know he does not have RB1 upside for the rest of his career.
0: Yeah, he's already 25. I mean, it really is tough. It's interesting that this report comes out now because he's actually looked really decent these past two games, having 4.3 and 5.1 yards per carry, uh, getting touchdowns in both games and seeing four targets in both these games, um, and both of them, they won. So it's just an interesting report. I think Jalen Warren is better, and I don't think I would be starting either of them versus the Cleveland Browns defense this week in Cleveland, Ohio.
2: Yeah, I mean, this report is interesting. I kind of shot an overreaction in our group chat about it, but realistically, I don't think it means that much for what their roles are in this offense because they're basically getting a 50-50 split, Najee getting, okay, 55% of the snaps, 58%. I feel like it's just going to flip slightly where Warren's getting the 55% and Najee's getting 45%. or something like that. I mean, there's no way they're going to, if they're in goal to go situations, they're going to take off the field a six foot one, 245 pound running back for a five foot eight, 215 pound running back. I mean, there's no world in the NFL where that's going to happen. I feel like, you know, it's still going to be the same role. I think they're just trying to put some smoke and mirrors going into this Browns game to where maybe Jim Schwartz overthinks it and the game plan tries to fall apart or something. But I I really don't see this affecting their value too much.
0: Just be careful when you're buying those running backs. Peter mentioned it off the start, but like they shift fast, man. One injury, ACL, plantar fasciitis, Achilles, like any of these injuries happen, like their value literally goes from sky high to the bottom of the floor instantly. That's why,
1: that's why when, when I've talked about it on the podcast a lot, You look at a guy like Derrick Henry three years ago, and again, Derrick Henry doesn't grow on trees, so I understand this, but three years ago, I bought him virtually for a second round pick. He has maintained that second round pick value forever. He's still probably worth a second round pick. If you're a competitor and you're trying to go for a championship, get a depth RB that can actually start on your team. It's crazy how outside of McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, there really has been no holdovers from the early generation of running backs uh, that we've seen that like 2017 and onward generation of running backs that have kept their value. Yeah. Kamara as well. I forgot him, but Joe Mixon's been decent. Mixon has been decent, but Mixon is still young adjacent, young adjacent. I didn't say young. He's young adjacent. He's not like 28, 29. He's like got another year before he's an old head, but like, I think it's really interesting. If you're a competitor going into an off season, I would rather hold off, see how your team does the first couple of weeks before you buy RB and then take your quote unquote risk or take your shot, take your high upside player right at the deadline for as cheap as you can possibly get them because teams are deciding where they're going to be at. And you just don't want to hold the bag because there's a bomb in it and it's going to explode. Running back running backs will go to zero if there's an injury. And it's just about holding that bag for as little time as possible and getting as much value out of it. That's why those young RBs scare me. Like if I had Jameer Gibbs right now and I am not going to win in the next two years, I'm selling. Like if That's I so- had yeah, if I had uh Bijan right now, I probably wouldn't sell because he ain't getting used. So he ain't gonna he's not gonna tear, you know, knock on wood. But like Brees, any of these young RBs, just sell. Them. Like It's an instant sell for two, two and a half firsts if it's a young, good running back, and you can get that in your league. All right, let's keep moving forward. Ken Dorsey has been relieved of duties, uh, and I quote, he's been relieved of his duties by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we're not going to reiterate what a lot of the national media has said, uh, but I want to know about fantasy football values for Josh Allen and just the disappointment that the Bills have been uh, while still putting up good fantasy numbers, just a, a complete disappointment for
0: uh, the NFL. Crazy, man, that Ken Dorsey fell on the sword. Like, it's not his fault. I mean, sure, there's a little bit of it being his fault, but it's the quarterback's fault. It's Josh Allen's fault. Um, he has the most turnovers since 2018. He's tied with Baker Mayfield in that department, it is. And those are just the two most different narratives there are. Like, it is absolutely Crazy. I think if Josh Allen was four inches smaller and didn't run the football, he would be considered a bust. His height and rushing ability really helps him, in my opinion. I get that's a big part of his game and a big facet of his game. Um, But it's crazy that the national media is blaming everyone but Josh Allen because they think he's just this guy that took the bills so far and whatnot. Josh Allen's the reason they haven't won a Super Bowl. He is. He's also the reason they got that far, but he's not going to put you over the hump. Yeah, you said pretty much
2: everything that I, I was thinking as well. I mean, I was talking with a few people about it. It's like, yeah, there has to be a scapegoat, and it's definitely not going to be Josh Allen for that franchise. Like they'll fire uh McDermott, they'll fire they'll just clean house. It doesn't matter. Josh Allen will still be a Buffalo Bills starting quarterback, and it is what it is. I mean, no matter how he performs, truly.
0: It's the same thing with the Browns. I think Deshaun Played a great second half last week. He's honestly played decent football. He's five and one as a starter, but it doesn't matter if Deshaun goes one and nine. It will not matter. They'll fire Kevin Stefanski. They'll fire Jim Schwartz. They'll fire every single person on that front office besides Deshaun. But it's an ego thing. They don't want to be like, oh, we paid Deshaun 240 million and he sucked. Look at us. It's our fault. No, Deshaun's fine. Josh Allen's fine. Lamar's fine. Lamar hasn't played that great these past couple games so i don't know it's a very it's a very interesting dynamic and they shift it however they want
2: i mean dude just look at uh look at the broncos nathaniel hackett axed sean payton in there
1: but don't worry nathaniel hackett and this we'll get to this point right now in our news uh because this was uh i don't know if you guys saw this this is recently breaking um nathaniel hackett's offense is not doing great for the jets despite that I mentioned on the podcast last week, Garrett Wilson is the ultimate buy. He is a baller with a horrible, horrible, horrible offense. I think he got 14 or 15 targets last week for 85 yards, and he almost scored that touchdown at the end of the game. The Jets have had a players-only meeting, and right directly after it, Michael Carter, beloved running back, former first-round pick in Dynasty. I spent a first on him. Uh after a very promising rookie year, I might add. Has been released and it's gonna be on the open market. I think he's very interesting for RB hungry teams. I don't own shares of him. So I I might own one share in a dynasty league, but I'm not trying to put pitch here. I think he's an interesting buy if he finds the right place because he has looked good in the
0: past. Yeah, he's probably on waivers. I mean, depends if like, I don't even know, like a running back like even like an Austin Eckler goes down, I think Michael Carter Mm -hmm. would be a
2: great plug in there, personally. Yeah, I'm with it. Super deep leagues. If he's on waivers, uh, I would spend $1 fab on him.
1: Yeah, 100%. If he's he's on waivers, 100%. All right, that's going to wrap up our report segment. A little bit lighter on the news this week. Let's move into the weekend recap. Super producer. Your weekend recap player. His name is James, but he was playing like LeBron, dribbling the ball out there last night. LeBron James, but it's James Cook, super producer.
2: Give us your rundown. That's a good one, PJ. I like that. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to be talking about James Cook here. He finished with 11 points and half PPR. Me and Max were kind of going back and forth on this one. Uh, last night during the game, I was basically calling James Cook a bum and he, then he rips off a 40-yard run where he dribbles the ball, like you said. But I don't know, man. James Cook, I'm starting to really fade for dynasty. I, I don't really understand the appeal for this guy. I mean, and I would only be like it would make me half interested if it's a full PPR league, but anything in half PPR, I just don't. I just don't see it. I mean, the dude's never going to get a ton of opportunities during the game. I mean, including his college career, he's only seen three games where he has a combined 20 or more touches. So like rushing attempts and receptions three times. And he was at Georgia for like three or four years, two years in the NFL. Never had over 20 rush attempts in any single game. I think the most he's had is like 17. And then I, I don't know, man. I mean, he's... In half PPR, he's running back 29 in points per game. And I'll toss it out there if there's any takers. I don't think he's going to finish top 20 in half PPR. And I would I would do a bet on it. Yeah,
1: yeah. before you chime in, Max, I have always been uh, a James Cook, let's call it hater. Uh, I wouldn't call it full hater, but I'm trying to find a word. Uh, I don't enjoy uh, the way he plays football. And I haven't in the past, and I think on a different team, he could be good. He could be a top 24 back on a team, maybe even sneaking top 16, those upper echelon RB2s. But the Bills can't run the ball. No matter how hard they try, they are not going to run the football. Maybe Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator is going to change that. I doubt it. They've been trying to find a running game for five years under McDermott. They cannot find a running game. I don't care who they have at running back. They will not be fantasy relevant, period, end of story. As long as McDermott is there and that is the regime, they will not be
0: able to run a ball. Plus, you, I, I think it's interesting, man. I mean, this guy, if you watched the game last night, besides his fumble. He looked good. He looked amazing. He looked very good. He was hitting those holes. He was getting about seven yards of carry. I get his 40-yard run bolsters that. He had 9.8 yards of carry. 12 carries for 109 yards all season long. He's been in the green basically in yards per carry. He's had three bad games and then every other, every other game, seven, six, five, four, 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 like yards per carry. Like that's solid numbers. He doesn't find the end zone, which stinks. Um, I don't know. It's interesting because I really think it comes back to ego. And I think it comes back to Josh Allen and Josh Allen doesn't want to take the dump down. He, he'll rather just chuck the ball up and let it get picked. So. I, I'm not saying that's the reason. I don't think James Cook is a great running back by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's a really good RB 2 You know what you're going to get from him. He's pretty consistent. He'll get you about 10 points a game and full point PPR. And if he finds the end zone, he's going to get more than that. And we've seen that throughout the season. So he just doesn't find the end zone very often, but I don't
2: know. Yeah. That's where his upside is capped. Cause it's like, he'll never get goal line touches. He he's too small. Like they'll just feed it to Latavius. Fournette was active last night. He really didn't get any run. But once he's in there, I feel like there's even more red zone touches that uh, James Cook will get taken away from him. And I don't know. That's my spiel on James Cook. I think
1: this is like, you got to sell. I'm just, I'm done. I'm done with the James Cook experience. I was never on board. It is sinking. Even when he plays good, he can't be relevant. It's sad. Let's keep moving forward. I love the guy I'm going to talk about. He had a horrible half-point PPR performance. He's been having really bad weeks. But you guys aren't watching the tape, Jamison Williams. Wow. It's time to have the conversation.
0: You're, you can't be kidding. Like, this is a joke.
1: 2.8 fantasy points this past week. I love him. I can't quit him. You know that like Brokeback Mountains, like I can't quit you. I wish I could quit you. Like I wish I could quit Jamison Williams. I can't. I've watched the tape. I watch him play on the All-22. Uh, there's a great NFL guy out there, uh, NFL reporter. He is. His name is Brian Baldinger. A lot of you guys know him. Essentially, he breaks down the All-22 and highlights certain players. Every single week he is talking about Jamison Williams and how he is underutilized, shows insane routes that Jamison Williams is running, and they're just not throwing him the ball I am 100% in on Jamison Williams. The way that they use him is the way that they use Jameer Gibbs before they realized Jameer Gibbs was good. This is a coaching step where you have to earn your keep. You are going to slog and claw your way to relevance on the Detroit Lions. He will get there sooner rather than later. I think he has a top 24 performance in the next two weeks, and then beyond that, he will have a wide receiver one finish at least one of the weeks coming. Up and by the time they completely unlock him, his value will go back to where it was.
0: I can't tell if this is some like sick joke. If you're like, this is not satire. Game, this is
1: not satire.
0: I, I don't know how it's not. I mean, this guy has played in now 11 NFL football games. He has nine catches and a whopping 130 yards in 11 games, Peter. That is pathetic. Um, Two of those have gone for touchdowns. That's where all of his points have come out of. He's played 47, 23, 44, 40, and 52% of the snaps after a bye week. I don't think they're working him in. I don't think he's earned the trust of the coaching staff. The team's winning without him. I really think that Jamison Williams is a bust. Um, And it could go back to that ego thing as well. I don't think they want to admit it, that they spent pick 11, 13, whatever it was on him. I think he's terrible. Honestly, I, I do. I think he's a Jalen Hyatt-esque player that just can run fast routes and succeeded because he was at Alabama. That is the only reason. He had a transfer out of Ohio State because he could not win the job. He cannot beat Amon Ross St. Brown. He's not even better than Josh Reynolds. And I don't even think he's better than Lee Raymond either. So it's it's bad.
2: DJ, it's interesting, man. I feel like it's too early to call it because he really hasn't had 80% snap share or 90% snap share where he's out there running like a full route tree or anything like that. So while it is pretty easy to just dunk on the Jameson Williams love right now, and I'm not a big Jameson Williams guy, but I still have to look at it and say, the dude's not getting the opportunity and it'll be interesting when he does get the full opportunity. And that's when I'll be right with Max and call him a bust and, in a scrub so, if he's getting 80% snap share and then still putting up these same numbers.
1: So, so tell me, Max, and this can be an argument for a lot of players So it might be flawed Is Jamison Williams better than Noah Brown On a pure athleticism standpoint Yes No you say no
0: You think no, Noah I Brown don't... is a better athlete Yeah he's on the field I don't know
1: I'm just saying it takes the right situation For a lot of these guys to work Jamison Williams will get his opportunity He will get his opportunity and he will shine Keep
0: that same sentiment With Kyle Pitts then he will, 100%, but I don't deny the value. You can't eat two sides of the cake, personally, I don't think. Two sides of the
1: cake? I've never heard that. What are you, coming me... up with your own expressions? I did, man,
0: because that tilted me. Jameson Williams tilted me. All right, Mr. Max, let's hear yours. Mine's going to be like the opposite, man. I mean, you guys both like those guys. This guy's a screaming sell, and I don't think we've talked about him. I own him in a couple leagues. I can't sell this guy for anything because everyone knows he's trash. Brian Robinson right now is running back four and a half point PPR and running back six and full point PPR. Guy barely plays over 50% of the snaps. He barely gets over 10 attempts a game. The commanders are a terrible team. And the only reason he's been fantasy relevant these past two weeks is because he caught a 65 yard touchdown and he rushed for a 60 yard touchdown versus New England. It is bad news bears man i think brian robinson is one of the most shaky inconsistent players there is i honestly think gibson might be better than him um sam Howell's look great but you can't trust the commanders you just can't and i don't think they're stolen on brian robinson and uh i would try to be selling him especially after last week that's fun
2: man i i didn't realize he was that high in half ppr just like his uh positional ranking but that's crazy. I think, like you said, I mean, if if you can't sell now, hopefully he booms again against the New York Giants, who they have a terrible rush defense. But then yeah. you really have to sell. Like Then it's really like you have to sell because they're, the matchups that he has for the rest of the season are just terrible, and he will get
0: exposed. So I, I'm with you, Max, on this one. And he still has a bye week. And he plays, like, after the Giants, he plays Dallas, Miami, the Rams, the Jets, the Niners, and Dallas. What's your low sell? What's my – what would I sell for at the least? What's your low selling? Like, what would you take? A second-round pick. I think you can find that for Brian Robinson. I'd do it. I truly would. I'd rather have a second-round pick than Brian Robinson. All right.
1: That's going to wrap up our weekend recap segment. Let's get into Crystal Ball. All right, week 10 Crystal Ball recap coming up from Mr. C. We're going to be predicting week 11 players to go off. Super producer, give us a little rundown.
2: Yeah, this week, it was not a great one. I'm going to be just straight up, but we'll go over it regardless. PJ, you're boom. Chris Olave, he had... 18.4 18.4 points. So that's the hit. That was the one hit out of all of our picks, sadly. But that was a good one. Devontae Adams, your bust, had 11.6. Still would have taken him out of my lineup if I knew he yeah. to score 11 points. Yeah, that is fair. Max, DK Metcalf, just a barely, barely missed, man. I mean, that's right on the edge. 13.3 points. He played PPR. well. Yeah, he did play good. And then Josh Jacobs was your bust, had 11.7. Got that work. Surprising. He He got work. And then my pick, probably the biggest fail out of all of our picks, DeAndre Hopkins had 4.2. And then T. Higgins was just a push because he didn't end up playing. All right,
1: Max, let's hear your crystal balls for the week.
0: Yeah, I'm starting off hot here. I'm going to Mari Cooper for my boom of the week. Um, he gets the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Joey Porter is a great corner. I don't think he's going to cover Mari Cooper the whole game. Um, I think that if they allow – both their linebackers are out, too, for the year, Quan Alexander, and I think it's Ha Holcomb. Um, they're both out for the week. If Mink is out – they're out for the year. If Mink is out again, I can see Mari Cooper having 100-plus and a touchdown. I mean, last time he played him, he had seven for 90. Um it's a really, really, really juicy matchup. So fire up Amari Cooper. He's probably on your lineups. He's probably like a borderline flex. Some people might not be playing him, whatever it is. Um, fire him up now before his schedule gets a little tougher going down the road here. But I think 100 yards and a touchdown is pretty
2: free. This one is a smash pick. I love Amari Cooper, especially in a, a must-win game for Cleveland for a potential like division-leading like game there. I'm all for it, Max. This is a perfect matchup for him to thrive.
0: My bust of the week, I don't know if people are gonna agree with me, but that's why we have a podcast where I get to share my beliefs and you guys get to share yours and go from there. Um and it's it's truly it's it's hard to pick against this player right now. Um, just with how hot he has been. I'm gonna go Lamar Action Jackson, man. Like he's been actually hey, a say- week. He hasn't been hot, even, I shouldn't say. He's actually played three just terrible games um, 11, 11, 13. He has a decent matchup versus the Bengals. Um, but I just don't see him on a short week bouncing back like that. I, I don't. I don't...
1: Anarumo. Anarumo's defense looking good. I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. Like, this is going to make the Jets' offense look competent.
0: These teams, like it's AFC North football, they're going to be like bruising and grooving. Like T. Higgins will probably be out. I think there's going to be a lot of running on the ball. I think Keaton Mitchell gets involved more. Like Lamar has a lot of guys, whether it's Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell. I mean, that can steal the touchdowns from him. Yes, Lamar had some rushing upside as well. He hasn't found a rushing touchdown, and this will be three straight weeks. So I'm kind of out on Lamar this week. I still think he'd probably fire him up. But it's just tough. What are your guys' thoughts on Lamar here before I get to my next point?
2: I think this is a great play. I mean, like you said, the Ravens have been dominating teams, and it hasn't been because of Lamar. It's been because of their defense, their run game. Like you said, I mean, they blew out Seattle uh, two weeks ago, and Lamar had 11 points. I mean, he had 187 passing, no touchdowns. And then even the game against Cleveland, they put up a ton of points, but it's because of their defense run game. So I, it is intriguing to see. I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they'll just keep with that formula because why try to risk it? And they're just pounding teams into the dirt pretty much. So.
0: Yeah. Like the only reason I think Lamar could be fantasy relevant is if he scores a rushing touchdown. And I do think he's due for that uh, Um, like this week, but I mean, he's thrown for under 200 yards four times this year. That's just not going to cut it for my starting quarterback. So, I mean, I'm still fine with him in a super flex league. Like, I think he's a fine quarterback one, quarterback two, borderline there. But he's not that next level Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes type of guy. But people say Zach Wilson is Bonds. But then Zach Lamar's Wilson. stinking up the joint out here. He is. The, the narrative is it's truly crazy. Um, before I do go, I do want to leave you guys with just a tidbit. I always like to bring something new here. A little nugget. Um, A little nugget. I I just pulled off this excellent move um, in our redraft league. There's still a lot of teams that have bye weeks coming up and there's owners and whatever it is, like my one piece of advice would just be to look ahead, see who you guys play next week on like in like week 12, there's no buys, but like week 13, there's six teams on by Baltimore, Buffalo, Chicago, Vegas, Minnesota, New York, like, see who you play week 13 and maybe trade them Justin Jefferson, maybe trade them Lamar Jackson so that you get a player off their team that you can start. And they have to sit that player. I just put off this move uh, this past week, actually for week 11, um, I traded away Michael Pittman to a guy that I'm playing and I got Jordan Addison and George Pickens. And now he's stuck with Pittman who he can't play. And now has to start like someone really bad. So look ahead and especially playoff teams. Like if you're locked in, whatever it is, look ahead and be like, okay, who plays the commanders in the playoffs for wide receivers? Who plays the Denver Broncos on the rush defense? And trade for those players, even if you're taking a little hit right now. That's one that I really haven't done in
2: redraft, but that's, that's the meta strategy, like just thinking larger than, okay, who do I start this week? And that's where you win money, honestly. Like if you're not thinking like that, You you're going to be losing money because there's people in your leagues that are probably thinking like that. So I couldn't be more well said,
0: Max. And also, I'll say this: there's guys like if you have an open bench slot, if you have two kickers, you don't need two kickers. You don't need two defenses. Well, that's where my points going here. But look at like next week's matchups. Look at next week who everyone plays and see that I don't know, like. Who's a bad example of this? But pick up the pick up a defense next week that you see like looks juicy this week, you know? Like last week, I picked up the commanders defense. Well, this week they play the New York Giants. I knew they played the Giants, but I just was holding them so I don't have to put in a waiver claim. So try to get ahead of the game, especially at this time of the year. There's a lot of teams that are snoozing because they're out of it, whatever it is, but always try to be one or even two weeks ahead if you got the roster space there, man. If you could get the New England Patriots defense this week. They're on a buy, so no one's going to be picking them up. But next week they play the New York football giants who are terrible at football. And that's just a free 20 points. I really think that's a free win if you have them. So like, make that your priority or you can claim the Titans for next week who play Carolina. So just look ahead, try to trade people that your owners have to start. Like I even do that from the start of the season, man. Like if I'm playing someone week five and I know Jonathan Taylor is a buy, I'll be like, Hey, that's the first person I'm going to. So that's my tidbits. I got to bounce, sadly, but I appreciate the boys and always open for trades. All right, Super Producer,
2: you're up next. Let's hear about your boom and bust. So my boom of the week is going to be Brandon Ayuk versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got burned last week chasing uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the same matchup, and Tampa Bay just stomped on Tennessee. Um, I don't think obviously that will be the case against the 49ers. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for the 49ers to put up yards through the air. Obviously, this is one of the worst pass defenses in the league, especially against wide receiver, uh, and like fantasy points per game. It kind of is a coin toss, I feel like, because Debo is back playing. He was at like 50% snap share this past week. Um, But I I would assume that he's going to get probably closer to 70-80% this week, which could be a concern, but I think the only reason IU had a pedestrian game last week, they just blew out Jacksonville, and surprisingly, Tampa Bay keeps it close enough with a lot of these good teams where they're not really getting blown out by really good teams, so I feel like it'll be... Maybe not a back and forth, but more of a a decent game where the game script is going to favor Ayuk, uh, and they're going to have to pass the ball a little bit more. I I just think Ayuk's in a great spot here, and I'll just chase the bad matchup yet again here. SP, that's your boy.
1: I'll never I'll never deny your boy any justice. No, Ayuk, uh, not my cup of tea, but he has played well recently, and I think your
2: logic is right there. So I'm all over it. My bus pick of the week, I had another one, too, that I, it was kind of going back and forth between two guys here, but I'm, I'm going with the more risky one, honestly. I, I didn't play it safe with this one. I'm going with Devontae Smith versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Devontae Smith this year, it's just not been it for him. I mean, he is 30th in half-point PPR points per game uh, for wide receivers. He's ranked 30th. So just has not been seeing the volume of targets that he got last year, especially down the stretch. I mean, he was averaging probably eight or nine targets a game uh, for probably the midway point towards the end of the season. And he just hasn't been seeing that. It's been the AJ Brown show there. And while this one could be, I mean, this is going to be the game of the week, could be the game of the year. obviously, Super Bowl rematch. He had a hundred yards receiving. Uh, in the Super Bowl versus Kansas City, but it's a very different defense this year than they were uh, the previous year. So I really think it's going to be tough for Smith to find success this game. Like I was saying, the Chiefs are bottom 10 matchup versus wide receiver. And the only thing that gives me hesitation is, okay, Dallas Goddard got hurt before the bye. They have a whole bye week to kind of plan for this game. And maybe they're going to try to scheme Devonta Smith open. But I don't know. I I dove into it a little bit. So there's been seven games where Devonta Smith has played without Dallas Goddard in the lineup. And he's averaging 4.2 receptions and 70 yards a game. And he only has two total touchdowns.
1: Not what you want for a guy who's a borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two.
2: Yeah, exactly. and, yeah, only has two touchdowns in those games as well. I more so picked this one as well, the, this bus pick, because I feel like people are going to see the matchup with Kansas City and expect them expect the over-under to be like 63 or whatever, and yeah. that Devonta Smith is going to be catching a ton of bombs and there's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I just am hesitant playing him in this spot, but I see why you would like it if you have him on your team. Yeah, I love the pick, super producer. I think we look at mine coming
1: up. We'll start with my bust. I love, love, love this Baltimore Ravens defense. I think you have any Bengals, you have any Ravens, you look for a pivot this this week. I, I think the total is gonna to be under 30 points uh between both teams. I really do. And like I think on the high end of things, we see like a twenty to twenty score. So that's Let's say two touchdowns and some field goals. That's too much variance uh, to be able to ride or die with any of my guys. Um, I don't think the volume is going to be there. It's going to be a field position grind. The only players I'd be fine with are the running backs on both teams because you just know they're going to get the work. I think the passing game is just going to get completely shut down for both teams. So my bust is Joe Burrow. I think he has to be out of your lineup. There are guys on waivers that I am more comfortable playing, and they need to get played. So find a guy on waivers or try to pivot. I think that's that's your best option. Uh, and then my boom for this week, I have Christian Kirk. Jaguars got embarrassed against the 49ers. Bounce back week, Doug Peterson, good coach. Christian Kirk, sneaky good season. Super producer and I have a bet on Christian Kirk this year. He's currently the wide receiver 19 in full point PPR. Uh, Last week against San Francisco, he was getting peppered with targets, but just could not get the receptions. He had 11 targets, six receptions, still finished with over 100 yards, 104 yards, just fell outside of the end zone. He had 14.4 points in full PPR. I think touchdown upside is huge. Tennessee is not good. They trade away Kevin Byard. That secondary is not the best. Love Christian Kirk bounce back game. He scores a touchdown this week. Hasn't scored since week
2: seven. Yeah, I like both your picks honestly. Um that Ravens defense in like you said It's more so the game script of how that game will probably play out. Um primetime under. It's probably going to smash again. I totally like the Burrow pick and as well as the Christian Kirk pick because even though they the Jacksonville only scored 3 points. I mean Kirk with a 100-yard game, 11 targets and he gets a I mean Like you said, no Bayard in that Tennessee defense. It could be a boat race because Tennessee, they kind of lost their luster, I guess, with Will Levis. and Yeah, like we predicted. We did predict that.
1: We're like, look, he'll have a good couple games, then defenses will figure out how to play against him.
2: But, yeah, man, I'm with it. I I do like both of your picks here. All right, that's going to draw us to the end
1: of the episode. Any comments, Super Producer? For the people out there trade deadline week for a lot of your leagues just know plant your feet firm in the ground buy or sell do not sit in the middle
2: Central yeah there. any comment i'll just echo that i mean i feel like we've been talking about it i mean even a little bit prematurely a, f- a handful of weeks ago because right i mean the trade deadline comes now you're kind of looking eyeing up the playoff teams. Hopefully you were kind of early to the punch uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked about it, especially for dynasty. There's guys that you need to sell, you know, you need to look, look at your team realistically and say, okay, am I okay having Jalen Warren on my bench or on my roster for the rest of the season? If I'm trying to lose games or do you just try to get value? I mean, I'm just using that as one example yep, of a next player, can. but Yeah, man, you called it on the head. Just um, you got to make your position, take your stand either way, because if not, you're just going to be donating some league dues. No one is
1: hated more by their home team than an inactive GM at the trade deadline. Don't hate yourself. Do make a trade, plant your feet firm in the ground, either go for it or sell again. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at dynasty monarchy over there. Just like we mentioned earlier in the show, we do a lot of fun stuff over there. Again, at Dynasty Monarchy. We will see you next week. Week 12 coming up. Am I correct, Mr. C? Week 12?
2: Yeah, our next episode no, will week be. week 11.
1: It's oh, week yeah. 11. Our next, but, yeah. our next episode will be week 12. Freaky stuff, man. Blink your eyes. The season's over. Again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next week. Peace, peace, peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at DynastyMonarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell my fellow kings and queens.